Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 This is the day the Lord has made. We're going to worship him. We're going to exalt his name. Give him all the worship that he deserves. He's an amazing God. We can't compare. None can be compared unto him. Among all the other gods, he's the one true king. Amen. He's been faithful to us in our going in and in our coming. And this evening, we're going to give him all the worship that he deserves. Say, yo.
Two minutes left, speak in tongues and bless the name of the living God. Ekaya na ra ra bo se ke ya na ra ra be. Ekaya na ra ra bo se ke ya na ra ra be. Ekaya na ra ra bo se ke ya na ra ra be. Ekaya na ra ra bo se ke ya na ra ra be. Eka
We give you praise. 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 We Take your place in my life. Take your place in my life. Like a mighty rushing wind. Have your way in my life. Bible says that we should lean not on our own understanding. We should never lean on our own understanding. Take your way, take your way, have your way in my life. Have your way. Have your way in my life. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way in my life. Like a mighty rushing wind. Have your way in my life. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Discovering yourself, how to discover yourself in Christ, part three. I made a statement last week and then the Holy Spirit opened my understanding to even something more deeper on the statement I made. I made a statement last week and I said, nobody was born a medical doctor and nobody was born a Christian, you remember? But if you can develop and become a medical doctor physically, why can't you also develop yourself in Christ? 
Then even the Holy Spirit made a statement and said, nobody was born a doctor, a medical doctor, but we are all born spiritual beings. That was the revelation he brought to me. That even to make it more heavier and more deeper, nobody was born a medical doctor, but everybody was born a spirit being. And if we are able to develop physically what we want to become career-wise or professional-wise and develop one or two things on earth, why is it that we being spirits, we don't build up, we don't build well and bring out the spirits we are, the spiritual beings we are? I think that makes it more very serious. And I was like, wow. I was really happy he brought that to me to share. It only also means that whatever happens in the house of God is highly recorded in heaven. And everything done and everything said is being watched and recorded. And for him to have said that also means that God has a very deep interest, very serious interest anytime we gather. And I think that is glorious. Anytime we gather, the Lord has very special interest in us. Otherwise, he will not repeat the statement and even add more anointing to it. Hallelujah. We read something on part two, if we can just hit the scripture on Colossians 2, 1 to 10 again. That's the scripture we had. And because I said that was very deep scripture, we also added a few other um, scriptures to buttress what I was trying to say. But let's just read only that. And then we look at something very interesting for today. It was Colossians 2, 1 to 10 in the MSG, the Messenger Bible. Colossians 2, 1 to 10. I want you to realize that I continue to work as hard as I know how, how for you. Mm -hmm. And also for the Christians over at Laodicea. Not many of you have met me face to face, but that doesn't make any difference. Know that I, I am I'm on your way, on your side, right alongside you. You are not in this alone. I want you woven into tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have mind confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. Mm -hmm. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery mm -hmm. and nowhere else. Yeah. And we've been shown the mystery. I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase yep. after other so-called mysteries or the secret. Mm. I'm a long way off, true, and you may never lay eyes on me, yep. but believe me, I'm on your side, right beside you. I am delighted to hear of the careful and orderly way you conduct your affairs and impressed with the solid substance of your faith in Christ. Mm. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. 
Just go ahead with what you've been given. You receive Christ Jesus, the master. Now live, live him. You are deeply rooted in him. You are well constructed upon him. You know your way around faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. School is out. Quit studying the subject and start living it. And let your living spill over into Thanksgiving. Yep. Watch out for the people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want you, they want to drag you off into endless arguments yep. that never amounts to anything. Yep. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and empty superstitions of spirit beings. Yep. But that's not the way of Christ. Mm -hmm. Everything of God gets expressed in him. Mm -hmm. So you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ yep. and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. I'm not a matter of being circumcised, uh, circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, you are already in. Insiders, not through some secretive initiative. All right. right. Let's end it there. Thank you. For, you're entering to 11 now. All right. Thank you. So, our understanding was open to realize that we have to live Christ, right? And it's all about just sitting down to always be imparted, but you got to have the instructions to move. And like you said, school is out. So you have to stop studying the subject, quit studying the subject and live it. And this is all about Christ and what we can become in him. You understand? It's all about Christ. Everything about Christ. Because the discovering of ourselves in Christ is the real life. Remember we, we mentioned it. It is the real life. Every other life is just alongside what we are doing in this world. But we should have that strong desire. That heartbeat. You understand? That heartbeat. And for a very long time, we have seen the trend of churches that came very strong, came together, became bigger, and got destroyed. We have churches that have become bigger, but a lot of things have creeped into the churches. We've had Christians who have shown a lot of disappointment in church leadership. And most people are very disappointed in the body of Christ. The name church as a whole. I was speaking to someone yesterday and the person said he, was, he tried to invite some um, work colleagues to his church. And most of them said no outright. They don't hate God. They talk about God. They like God but they will not go to church because sometimes you don't blame them because of 
what has been coming out of the churches. Most people prefer to sit at home. One person said, I don't go to church during the winter. The reason is simple. It's cold, it's snowing, the children have to pack them in and it's winter. So they stay home and wait for summer. <laughs> and before they go. Everybody has funny reason. And it's all because it's either a partial or no discovery of ourselves. And one thing that proves that we have really discovered ourselves is what we're going to look at. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. I have a lot of evidence, a lot of results on this. Philippians chapter 2, the verse 5. NKJV will be fine for now, I'm sure. Philippians 2. Verse 5. Philippians 2, verse 5. Yes. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And just um, up to 7, where there is a full stop, so that we can okay. have... Philippians okay. 2, 5 to 7. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, yeah. who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, mm -hmm. but made himself of no reputation, yep. taking the form of bondservant and coming into the likeness of men. Amen. Yep. Amen. Do we have eight? Eight is also very powerful. Let's add eight to it. Verse eight. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. Amen. Amen. This is something clear. That if we have this. And we produce results or evidence of this. We have come to the final place. I wouldn't say final place. But a very deep place. Where we say we have discovered ourselves. Why? Let this mind be in you. As it was in who? In Christ. And we're talking about discovering ourselves in Christ. So what proves that you've discovered yourself in Christ is having the same mind as Christ has. So imagine we are in a church where there are a lot of people and we all have the same mind as Christ has. And he demonstrated this kind of mind when he was on earth. He counted, look, it will not have been a bad thing for Jesus to have said he is equal with God. Because he was God. The Bible says he what? He humbled himself to the cross. This was the mind in him. If everybody in the church will have one mind, like Jesus had, this is his mind. Look, there are people in churches that they, are, they could easily run out their leaders when it comes to a lot of qualifications. Money-wise, status-wise, education-wise. 
Jesus would have also said he is God. And nothing would have happened because it's not robbery. It's not, it's not, it's not a lie. <laughs> but he said, I'm not going to say that. He called himself son of man instead of son of God. He called himself son of man. The beginning of this thing, I, I was listening to this um, Pastor Chris and then he said something recently and it was very true. He said, anybody who insults the appearance, okay, and uses the term, I'm a grown, I'm a grown man now. You, you can't tell me what to do. He says, you are not grown. <laughs> to say that, to have those kind of words come out of your mouth, it means you've not grown. Why? The more you grow, the more you mature, the more humble you become. Don't you believe it? Yeah. That is why we still see the devil destroying Christian lives. This is Christians we're talking about. We still see the devil tormenting Christian lives and sometimes the kind of torment the devil gives to Christians, they were not supposed to have them. Why? Because the mind is not in sync with the Christ we say we know and follow. Anybody who says, I have discovered myself in Christ shows like-mindedness. And as a body of Christ, we can never say we're growing and we can never say, look, people will measure growth of church by numbers. All right? People will measure growth of church by years. People will measure growth of church by any other, any other thing. But one thing that checks the growth of every church is the like, the result or the proof of like-mindedness. Like-mindedness. If we see the evidence of politics, if we see the evidence of immaturity, of course, the church is not for preferred people, all right? But it's for perfecting people, at least, to develop who you are and, and show some kind of transformation. Remember we said last week, according to the Bible, that when you look into the mirror, which is the word of God, you're supposed to change. True or not true? So, how do you come into church? How do you become a Christian? So many years, have been to church, some have taken leadership positions, and still... The, 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 there was no evidence of like-mindedness in Christ. There's a problem. There's a problem. Because, if I say this, we can close. This one I'm going to say. is the whole preaching. If I say this, we can close. Like-mindedness, the unity of minds. Eh? The unity of minds together. The unity of minds. That means when everybody's mind is one, we are all one. We say we are like-minded. We are a like-minded church. The unity of minds is the main tool to conquer and penetrate. That's what I told you. After this statement, we can close. 
Uh, because you don't have to hear anything else. A word to the wise should always be enough. When minds come together and everybody is saying the same thing, thinking about the same thing, having the same agenda, we can conquer and penetrate. When we say conquer and penetrate, they are territories that you, you, you need to make way yourself. And it, it, is, it takes people having the same thing, the same picture in your minds together. They will conquer. Adolf Hitler, in the Second World War, killed about 60 million people. How did he get people to form that army with him? Because he gave them the picture he had. Why do we have a whole bunch of people following one person in a political sector, in the political affairs of the nations? Because they have something they call manifesto. They have something they call our goal and they push it. You catch it. Look at 2 Timothy 4 verse 10. 2 Timothy. I'm going to try to use scriptures to interpret scriptures. 2 Timothy 4 verse 10. Thank you, Lord. 2 Timothy 4, verse 10. Start from verse 9. because Verse 9. Be diligent to come to me quickly. Uh -huh. For Damas has forsaken me, mm -hmm. having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Christians for Galatians, mm -hmm. Titus for Dalmatia. Yeah. Amen. So Titus was another son in the faith for Paul, he was in Dalmatia. Christians, another guy was also in Galatia. Um, um, who also, but Demas left him. This was the group. Paul, Demas, uh, Christians, Titus. All right, this was the group. Of course, Paul started with Barnabas and they had to part ways. But the team, including Luke, Luke wrote the book of Acts. Do you get it? Luke wrote it. He was writing the report. And the reason why Luke actually wrote these things was because he was presenting the case to, I think, the governor who was going to preside over Paul's case. So he wrote the book of Luke that was start to introduce the whole Christ thing to the, to the governor. And then the book of Acts also came to place. So it was a presentation that had a lot of works from Jesus to the disciples to Paul. So this was the, the team Paul had. But he says what? Demas has what? Forsaken me. What is the reason? He has loved the present world. The moment 
there is the, div the deviation or the separation of the unity of the mind. The whole house is in trouble. See why he was telling Timothy to come quickly. Because Timothy was also his, his son in the Lord. Come quickly. Why? Because the team is falling. Paul, with all his anointing and with all his power, could never penetrate and move into all the territories he conquered for Christ without the unity of the team around him. He couldn't have done it. If there was any one person who understood unity of mind as a church, Paul understood it. Because of the travels and the things he went through in the name of spreading the gospel, he needed a team. One-mindedness is a problem. Is a problem. And how can we say we are the people, we've come to the place where we know God, we know Jesus. We are not talking about knowing about him, but we know him. We've come to a place where we don't need to be taught the oracles of God. The oracles of God, like Paul says, you should be, you should be eating or be, be, be feeding on bones by now, but you still need milk. And we still have to teach you the oracles of God. You know the oracles, you know, what is what baptism, what is speaking in tongues, you know, what is salvation. He said, we still need to teach you. We still need, but you ought to be teachers by now. That's what he said. Why? When number one, if there is no growth as they should, there's no proper discovery of selves. Number two, the evidence number two is that there is no like-mindedness. There is no like-mindedness. There is no like-mindedness. If our minds are one, we fight together. Do you believe it? If our minds are one, we fight together. If our minds are one, we stand together. We, de we, de we protect each other. We defend each other. If our minds are one. Human beings with one mind were able to break God at a point. People he, people he created. 40 days and 40 nights, Moses was receiving the Ten Commandments. And when he came, the people had forced Aaron to make them another God. <laughs> yeah. They had forced Aaron to make them another God. And God would not stop them. As they were forcing Aaron to make another god, and Aaron was collecting their jewelries and all that, and making a carve. God was also dealing with what Moses, and God saw all these things that was happening, but He could not. He could not. When minds are together against God, the only thing He can do is to cause confusion. That's what He did with the Tower of Babel. He changed their language. The people got confused. Now, when somebody said, bring the mortar, it sounded an insult, your mother, to another person. 
My friend, my friend in, uh, went to um, South Africa. He was talking to someone on the phone. I think we were speaking tree. And then he mentioned a word in tree. And then those around said, oh, man of God, do you know what you just said? In Zulu, it means buttocks. <laughs> but what he said in tree was not anything profane. Languages. Someone will scream, bring the water, let's, 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 let's start building. And someone will hear, your father. They started fighting and that was the beginning of how it took, Bible says, and God came down. Because minds were together. And God came down. Do you know what we can do if our minds are the same? If you have common mind as a church, do you know what we can do? I saw something today when I was driving. I was very sad. Just as I was coming to church. A guy was on the road, very neatly dressed. And was behaving somehow. So you see that he has a mental thing. You know what I saw? Two demons in him. They were communicating like they were talking. And his body was demonstrating the two demons talking. So you will say that it's a sickness. You know, they have dreams for all these things. Call them sickness. But there are two demons in one person. As they were communicating, the guy was doing like that. And you think that it is just sickness. Two demons in one body communicating. And they, call, they have a sickness for it. But it's no sickness. He needs someone to tell the demons, come out. There is no unity in the camp of the enemy. In Satan's camp, there is no unity. Why? Because they don't know love. But when it comes to destroying a soul, they know how to come together. The demons hate each other because there was a competition of powers and ranks among them. And they don't love each other. They don't love. They don't know, they don't know love. But when it comes to let's destroy a soul, they understand the agenda. Otherwise, why will a legion of demons be in one man? Jesus asked, what is your name? He said, we are legions. I'm not one person, master. We are more inside him. And Jesus said, if you cast out the devil from one person and the person is not fervent and effective in the spirit realm, the demon will go round in the, into where that is looking for a nice place to hide. And if it finds no house, comes back to the person that was, he was in before and finds the person clean, but he has no power. What happens? He goes to bring seven more stronger demons. I told you, when it comes to destroying a soul, demons come together. So seven more plus that one is a, they are eight. At first it was nine, now they are eight. So you see how sometimes even deliverance is a problem. After telling the demon to come out and you don't help the person to build or the person is not serious to be built in Christ and discover themselves, they get more problems. And now they are part of the church, but they don't want to grow. They are not serious to grow. And eight more demons are in now. Seven plus the original one, eight. How can there be unity in the mind? Because you've not discovered yourself. And there was a problem. Romans 12, 16. 
Romans 12, 16. Thank you, Lord. All right. Romans 12, 16. Did I say 16? Yeah. Okay, 15 and 16. Romans 12, 15, 16. Yeah. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Yeah. And weep with those who weep. Yeah. Be of the same mind towards one another. Yeah. Do not set your, your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Amen. I told you, if anybody understood one-mindedness, Paul had it. What is he saying? Be of the same mind. Toward who? Each other. First of all, he said, have the same mind of Christ. Number two, he says, be of the same mind towards each other. So if we say we are believers, if we say we are Christians and we are in one place and we want to grow, the first and most important thing is that we should be of one mind towards each other. If I think of high things, he's talking about me thinking I am more important than you. <laughs> you cut the deal. If I say, he said, do not, do not set your mind on high things. We should be together. We should not think that I deserve something in the church more than that person. Oh, this person should have been given that position rather. Why did they give to this guy who just joined the church? I don't think that, you know, this position is for short people. It should go to talk people. I don't think this person is, is eloquent enough. He doesn't speak English well. Why does he have this, this position? Why does he have it? Don't think of high things. We should be, we should be together. Because... If you know who you are in Christ, you can never say you are bigger than somebody. Can never say that. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Meaning, if you are the billionaire in the church and the, the church, the, the poorest person in the church has a little small testimony. Don't say I don't have time celebrating with poor people. Why do we have class groups in the church? Because we don't have one mind. And number two, because we, we, we think some of us are higher than some. It's a problem. It, it even comes to a place in church where when somebody is leading, there's a group that supports the person. Ah, he's leading. Oh, that's, we, we thank God. If they make an announcement, oh, let's welcome this person to come and minister. Others are like, ah, she's not in our group. <laughs> check funerals. Check weddings. Check these occasions. You will see who is for who. When they are making an announcement in church, brother XYZ is going to get married to sister QPA. See how people will rejoice. Hey. Now they make another announcement. Brother KAA is married to sister PPP. The cheers are down. How do we call a church the place of God and there is no unity in the mind? That means we haven't conquered yet. We haven't. 
And that is a problem. Bible says, God gave the message. Great was the multitude that accomplished it. I think it's Psalm 68. I'm not sure, but can you check Psalm 68 for us? I'm not, I don't remember very clearly, but let's check Psalm 68. Start from verse 1, and let's see if we can get fortunate with it. Psalm 68. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. Mm-hmm. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. Mm-hmm. As wax melt before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Mm-hmm. But let the righteous be glad. Mm-hmm. Let them rejoice before God. Mm-hmm. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Mm-hmm. Exhort him with who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. Mm-hmm. A father of the fatherless, a defender of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound in prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Oh God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, mm-hmm. the earth shook, the heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O oh Lord, sent a plentiful rain, whereby you confirmed your inheritance. When it was weary. I'm not too sure that is the thing. What, which verse are you now? Ten. Okay, you keep reading. Let's see. Your congregation dwelt in it. You, O oh God, provided from your goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the comfort. Are you in verse 11? Uh-huh, go, go, go. What, what, what are you reading now? It says God what? The God released the command. Use old King James, KGV. There's some 68 is correct. It's verse 11. Some 68, verse 11. Yeah. The Lord gave the word. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Great was the company of those that published it. Did you, did you see that picture? God gave the word. He said it. This is it. And then the people that took what he said, the multitude was great. It is called unity. One mind. One mind. He released a word. And then a lot of people said, let's carry this thing and take it as he said it. That's the meaning of one mind. But when it comes to the word is released and a faction of the church is saying, I enjoy the word. A faction is just saying, oh, forget what he was saying. How do we grow? How do we grow? Except when you know that the word I was preaching, the person preaching the word actually, is, he himself is a burden for the word. Then you know there's a problem. You know people, people who stand by the pulpit, they know they are burden for the word that they are coming up. Because you know that they are not ready for it. Some way, somehow, they found themselves on the pulpit. 
Even that, unity will cause people to pray for him. Yeah. But it says the Lord released the word. And those that published it, those that took it, those that, when we say published is a big word. Means the people heard it, studied it, and pushed it. Because there was unity. That's why I said, if there is, if minds are, are together, it is a tool for conquering. It is a very hard and penetration. Minds are together. Yeah. Do you know, hmm, do you know why a lot of people don't like to preach? You call someone and say, can you preach? And the person will look at you some way and say, I, um, I don't think I, I'm ready. Do you know why? Who can say it? Who can tell me why? Why? Why is it that? Let's not go too far. Do you, you are here. Do you like to preach? Do you like to preach? Can I hand, hand the microphone over to you? What's that? You should try. Why, why is it Ro, Romans one sixteen? Romans one sixteen. <laughs> Let me just show you this. People think that the preaching is. What do you have in Romans 1.16? Romans 1.16. Yeah. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God upon salvation to everyone that believeth. Keep on. To the Jews first and also to the Greek. Uh -huh. Amen. Start from, I'm looking for, start from 18. Romans. Wait, I said 16, right? Uh, go up, go up, go up, go up. Yeah, KJV is good. Go up, go up. Uh, Psalm 13. Romans 1, verse 13 to 16. Yep. Romans um, 1, Romans 1 uh, 13 to 16. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hetero, mm -hmm. that I might have some fruit among you also, even among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the first, Greeks. First Corinthians 9 16. Start from 15. That's what I was looking for. First Corinthians 9, 15, 16. It should be there. First Corinthians 9, 15 to 16. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it should be so done unto me, for it was for it were better for me to die than that any man should make 
my glorying void. Mm -hmm. For though I preach the gospel, uh -huh. I have nothing to glorify of. Though I preach the gospel, I have what? Nothing, nothing to glorify of. It's not like you preach and God carries you at his back. You, you keep reading. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory to glory of. Uh -huh. For necessity is laid upon and me. And necessity is laid upon me. Yeah, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. If I don't preach the gospel, it says I am cursed. So do you think that we are preaching because we enjoy preaching? Woe unto me if I don't what? So as for some graduate, they will not even tempt it. Before, no, they will not even try it before it becomes another problem. You there, you keep your preaching. As for us, we will give the offering. <laughs> a curse and necessity. It says, woe unto me. Woe unto me. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because, you see, this preaching thing is very spiritual. And like Paul said, we, as we preach, are given the first temptation. Did you catch it? As we preach, we are given the first temptation. Yet, he told Ezekiel, he told Jeremiah, he told these guys, if I give you a word about somebody and you don't go and deliver and the person dies in his sin, I will ask of the person's blood from you. Do, do you catch it? I will ask of the person's blood. Somebody is sitting in somewhere. You called him. Oh. <laughs> the guy didn't say, God, make me a prophet. God, make me your servant. You chose the guy. And then you are telling the guy on the first encounter, if I give you a word and you don't speak it, I am asking the person's blood from you. The same way, there's some, some word God gives us that if we don't, and people die in their proud, people go wayward in their whatever, God will ask their blood from us. So people don't want even to venture into it for them to have that contract with God. You understand? And it's not for fun. Do you know, look, one time, eh, I did it, you try it. Maybe one time I'm preaching, take a video. And then when you are playing it, mute it. You see that I'm a madman. When you mute it, all you say is, without the volume, the way they're talking and the way their hand is going, it's almost like a mad person. And it's not fun to stand before people and talk, <laughs> say things like this and go. Because sometimes at the end of the preaching, you are making more enemies. That's why some pastor would rather preach to make the people happy. There's a pastor in America. He starts his preaching with a joke. He says a joke, everybody laughs. It's okay, now we are friends. And then he calls himself, I'm just an inspirational preacher. No, God does not call anybody and say, you, your preaching anointing is inspiration. Bible says the word of God is for three things. Rebuking, correcting, and teaching. True or not true? 
So you can't say that me, I'm, a, I'm just for, and they asked him, so what do you think about this gay and people, because your church is large, so you definitely have some gays and all that. What do you think about it? He said, as I said, I'm an inspirational preacher. I don't go more much into that. So God, God will catch you one day. I just pray for repentance for him. Because this thing is hard. So imagine a pastor preaching in a church and the people are not of the same mind. God gives the pastor a direction or an instruction. He delivers us to the church and half are ready, half is not ready in the church. Do you know about four to 5,000 pastors that each day quit pastoral work? Every year, about four to 5,000 pastors quit. Why? The burden. The burden. The burden. This man of God, Kenneth Hagen, had uh, any time that he had to go out and do ministry, do you know what he did? He only appeared twice before his wife and children. He says, as he drives off, he starts crying. Because as he's going, he might not come back. Some of the journeys are far. He might not come back. And his wife said she started complaining. The wife. Why is God always doing this to me? Is my husband the only prophet? Is my husband the only pastor? Is my husband the only man of God? Why can't I spend, have some good time with my husband? Always going off and doing the work of God. One time, Kenneth Hagen, you know, got home and he had a cardiac arrest. The man was dying. And then his wife started praying. <laughs> praying to the same God she was complaining to. Praying. And God said, if you don't want to release him for me, I will take him. I will bring him home. I mean, that, as it was, God was talking to the woman, the man was dying. God was going to allow him to die and take him to heaven. Why? God is a jealous God. If you come between God and his calling, there's a problem. Check the churches, those who rebel against the call. See the abuse. And then she said, I repent, Lord. Let him work for you. Let him work. Because, and to Wada, how will you feel seeing your husband sometimes once a year? I was in Ghana in San Marcos Church. He was having a program, and this man of God, um, Bishop Abraham Mugutu or something from Nigeria, had come. And he said, Look, he doesn't remember the last time he slept on his matrimonial bed for three days. <laughs> because the, the appointments are too many. From this country to sometimes in one country, there are about five churches. Yeah. That he, did, he doesn't remember when he slept on his, he and his wife, they are bed for more than three days. Or even, is it, this is it three weeks? Yeah, three weeks. That is what caused some of their divorce. A child told the mother, that day is like a plane. He lands and takes off. He lands. Yeah. Why? To whom much is given, 
matches with that. Do you catch it? And that is sometimes, you, there's nothing you can do about it. Someone who says, why don't they go with their wives? It's up to them. I don't know why. But sometimes it's dangerous because these things are, <laughs> what, if what, what they fear also is that when they go with their wives and something happens and they have to die, I mean, like what happened to Miles Moreau? Himself, his wife, about two pastors, his kids, plane caught fire, and the entire family is wiped. So sometimes they refer to go alone. If at least something happens to them, their children and their wives are still at home. Sometimes that's what they think. But I would prefer to go and we die together. Oh, yeah. We die together. I, I prefer it. That's what I do. At least, why are we afraid of death? Are we not Christians? If you die, why are you going to? No, be heaven. So what's the problem? Let's die together and go to heaven. Oh, it's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Lord have mercy. So this preaching is not, look, to come and stand there and then say, some are making it a fanfare. You see some people preach and then you realize that they, they don't understand that this thing here is, it is a necessity that we didn't appoint for ourselves. Now it has become bread for others. As long as I can put in eloquence and I do some gymnastics, I'll get people liking the preaching. But that's not what we are called for. Paul was telling the church, is it Corinthian church or something? He said, yeah, I think the Corinthian church. He said, when I'm with you, I am timid. But in absence, I'm bold. It's like when he gets to the people one-on-one, -on -one, he gets timid because the things God wants him to say are not easy things. Look at his epistles to the churches. Imagine he had to say them in person. Some things are wild to say. And it takes a lot of faith, a lot of boldness from God, a lot to be able to declare certain things. You think it's easy to be preaching somebody's plating their hair? You think it's easy? <laughs> plating, braiding. Yeah? Bishop Dad, whenever he's preaching, somebody's chewing. He goes straight to the person and says, please, don't chew when I'm preaching. Please. Please. You know, because it makes you feel like, not just a distraction, it's like the person doesn't like what you're saying. You understand? Like you're preaching, somebody's chewing. Like what I'm saying is nonsense. After praying and after waiting on God to get a message, you are chewing gum. Others don't mind because they know you are chewing because they don't want to sleep. So others don't mind. He was, he was, he was, he had a crusade in one country and the next day he had a pastor's conference and one man was seated in front of him. You know, those conferences, the first seats are for those that they are known of the big men and he was preaching the man was dozing off. Yeah, you got mad. He went to the man and said, Please, you might be apostle or bishop or when I'm preaching, don't sleep. Otherwise, go to the back. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sometimes you will not remember, you, you, you will not understand because things have gone on. Things have gone on. And it's not, it's not easy. So, without the unity of mind, no gift can work as a show. You understand? And it is in this unified association when people begin to discover themselves. It is in this unified, this unity that people begin to discover themselves. Do you catch what I'm trying to say? It is by this powerful association. Somebody will, will, will say, I never knew I could do this until I got closer to this person. I realized that this thing was in me. And I'm happy I got closer to this person. You understand? So such association, such coming together, is not just because we have to be one so that we can grow, but it's also that you can also bring out the real you. Which Christ predestined before we came to this world. The real you. The real you. I wanted to show Juliet something. That was 2020, I'm sure. Yeah, three years ago. And I said, just come and sing there in the camera. The song was 1 minute 28 seconds. 5.7K people watched it. One minute song. I wanted to show you something. I don't know if you caught the picture. One minute song. She was not naked. She was not misbehaving. It was a song. No, no studio. No microphone. One improper acoustic guitar play that I was playing in the background. 5.7K. Do you know what that means? <laughs> Do you know what that means? People become very, very wonderful by the proper association. Unless the parties are not serious. Do you catch the word I'm trying to say? Unless the parties involved. It was not studio. And what God has made Juliet, you are not the, God hasn't made you the studio type where you go and record a song and have an album. What has made you the life ministering type? Where, fine, if there's a recording going on, but it's life. That's what God has made you. You, you. you get it? Now, by association, anytime she stands here to sing a worship song or to do anything, she's in 14 countries. Because on the podcast, we have 14 countries now. I put it on our, our group chat. You saw it. 14 countries now. Hearing somebody lead worship or ministering songs or anything. 14. When was the last time you had 14 countries listening to you? Yeah. So, lots of times in such unified association, God is able to bring out what he had planted in the people. By association, Look, can you read, I think it should be John 135. John 135. 
Yeah. Start John 1.35. Let me show you something. Start from John 1.35. John 1, 35. Mm -hmm. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus. So what is this? Oh, sorry. For you to understand the picture. John the Baptist had disciples. You will understand. And he stood and saw Jesus passing by. So you see the picture. He was with his people at his camp. You know, he will baptize and all that. But this time around, he was just with his people. His disciples were there, and John the Baptist was there, was there. And Jesus was passing, and he saw Jesus, and he's, whom he baptized for the first time. This is after the baptism. And then he told the disciples, look, look what? Behold the Lamb of God. Oh, the Lamb of God is coming. And what happened? And the two disciples heard him speak, and then and they followed Jesus. Two of his disciples, when they heard John say, that is the Lamb of God. They left him. They left their church. Do you see the scenario now? They were in John the Baptist church. These are his disciples, church leaders. <laughs> they saw another pastor pass, pass by. And then they left him. Two of them left. And what did they do when they left? Then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, <laughs> Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, uh -huh. where dwellest thou? Wait, oh, where do you live? And he said, Come and see, right? John the Baptist had disciples. These two have left the camp in the presence of John the Baptist. They didn't hide it. Bold enough, follow Jesus. And Jesus stands and says, Why? What do you want? And he says, Where do you stay? Why? They are master John the Baptist. They don't stay in the house. Ever since they followed John the Baptist, they've never lived, they lived in tents. And you can see how uncomfortable they are. The first question they asked Jesus, they should have asked him, are you the lamb? Is it true? But they said, where do you live? They don't remember the last time their master John ever made them comfortable in the house. They lived in a tent and the wind will blow, they will be cold, and all that. And they asked Jesus. Why didn't Jesus say? Because John the Baptist was his cousin. Jesus and John the Baptist were cousins. He should have said, oh, my cousin is your, your master, please. Don't do that. He told them, come and see. Because he knew they had an association with John the Baptist that was not bringing the best in them. And Jesus knew by his association with them, the best in them will come out. Didn't he say to them, follow me, and I'll make you all fishers of men. Just another surprise. Go on. Another thing is very funny. As you read down there. He said unto them, come and see. They uh -huh. came and saw where he dwelt. Yeah. And abode with him that day. They slept there with him. For it was about the 10th hour. 10 p.m. One of the two which heard John speak and mm -hmm. followed him was yeah. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Yeah. He first finded his own brother Simon and said unto him, We have found the Messiah, <laughs> which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon the son of Jonah. <laughs> Thou shalt be called Cephas. Yeah. 
Is it, when you read uh, other, other, the other books like, I think Mark, John, Luke or something, when they went with Jesus, they slept. They woke up and they didn't see Jesus. So as they were asking themselves, the two disciples were asking themselves, where is Jesus? He came. And so, I found food for you. The first time, they followed John the Baptist. John the Baptist was eating locusts and honey. So, you can see how they, they miss good food. They miss it. Locusts and honey. That's what he's eating. That's what you must eat. For the first time in their life, for a long time, a, a, a leader now tells them, I brought you food. And John the Baptist could never go back and say, I'm looking for my disciples. Look, some people are in some kind of association, man. Instead of the best coming out from them, the worst is imparted in them. Wrong association. And it can even be in a church. And there are so many evidence to that. You understand? So it's not every, because the name is called a church, and you have to be there the most powerful evidence that you should, you should belong to a particular place is when the challenge is thrown to you to grow. If it's not there, that's the question mark. Because God is all about bearing fruit and growing. It's not about because we need people to do it, so come and do it. If it's like that, there's a problem. Because you are, you are not there because they want you to grow, you are there because you must fill in a gap. I have found myself in that before. One time I wrote on Facebook, if you, are, you become a second option, it means you were not chosen. Just that. There's nobody else. Come and see how people were like it. <laughs> you see that? It was touching people. It was people's stories. Are you catching it? Yeah. That's why I force learning on people. Like, I tell you to learn. Because there was a reason for the association. And then it is presented before you. You now, if you hear the thing that is happening, whatever is coming, you realize that God is personally speaking to his people. Are you catching it? Because there should be the real you. It should come out. It should come out. You know how sometimes people are not serious? Yeah. People are not serious. God, God help us. <laughs> I'll be going to preach somewhere not too long from now. And the message that came, my head is paining me. I have a headache. Because if I don't take care, by the time I'm done, the pastor will tell me, never come back here again. <laughs> the message that came. Those words ran to me. Yeah. I'm, I might be told. So I'm trying to Make present it nicely. There's a question. When you are invited to go and preach somewhere, what, why do you want to be invited to go and preach there again? So 
Some people want to always be invited to be preaching because they, it's because there's a prestige or some protocol or something. That is a very joke, very, very funny thing. That is not God sees. He doesn't see that. You know, because, uh, and then you are coming, oh, we have an invited guest and you feel so he- he- big-headed and all. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. Everywhere I have been invited to preach, once I see there is a lacking in something, they need somebody to do something, I will do it. I don't invite guests. Invited who? I don't go by that protocol. I don't go by that protocol. Can't you see the life of Jesus? A man who fed 5,000 twice never said, look, people have suffered enough. Get me a nice horse or some powerful donkey. He rather said some rejected, tied out donkey somewhere. Go and release that forsaken donkey. That's the life of Jesus. No prestige, not yet. He was he's the son of God. Son of God in this context does not mean God giving birth to a son. It means God in human flesh. That's the Greek meaning. God in human flesh. Yet, he did not require special protocol. Why are we requiring? I was watching some, somebody, some man of God be, was going for a funeral, and then he, even the car, you know, and then he sat down and he, he got down from the car, and people were looking at him like a hero. I mean, you are a servant of God. Don't you understand? Don't you get a picture? What does a servant of God mean? What does it mean? You serve the people. God has called you to serve them. God has called you to train them. Of course, give honor to whom honor is due. You understand? But don't override it because look, one day the one who gave you that gift will come, will go judge you. And show me your, your protocol, your security man, your, your big chair you were sitting on. Take it before Jesus. The day you, look, that's why I keep saying that when anybody is Adding titles to their names and behaving some way. They have not met Jesus. Look, if you have met Jesus, you realize that the, church, the special chair you sit on in the church is, is animal, animal feces. Some nasty thing. If you've met Jesus, <laughs> God have mercy. If you have met Jesus, check the life of Isaiah. Before Uzziah died and Isaiah saw the glory of God, see, see how the guy changed. Check, read from chapter one, he was in a certain kind of way. And then right into chapter five or six, when Uzziah died, the man became a different person. He became so different that God now had to tell him, sleep with your wife and give birth. And then he would go and sleep with your wife and give birth. Now it's like he has he, a different total change man. They've not met Jesus. That's why. You can never meet Jesus and call yourself, I'm a senior prophet. Call me senior apostle. Call me senior this. You can never say that when you you meet Jesus. You can never meet Jesus and then say that I am better in the church. We are the the billionaires club. We are the whatever club. We are the people that belong to the high class in the church. You will never say that because when you meet him, his mind makes you bow down. His eyes will cause you to melt. His own half-brother saw him in the realms. The guy collapsed. 
They have not met Jesus. And that is a problem. I was praying in Achimota Forest when God gave me one command. He says, put me in my people. Imagine you have been told, you meet Jesus in all his fearful appearance and tells you, put me like this in my people. How do you do it? That's what Paul said. My children, that I travel in prayer until Christ be formed in you. When I saw that scripture, that I, remember, I said, ah, this is what he meant by it. Because at that fall, oh man, he shook my life. Shook my life. How do you put Jesus in people? You go to, it is a traveling moment. It's, it's traveling. Traveling is more than a woman in labor. Traveling unto Christ be formed. Unto Christ be formed. In you. It's not an easy thing. Christ has to be formed. And then we are making it all seem there. It is all about, you know, it's about the man of God or it's about some important people in the church or whatever it is. Everybody is of equal importance, but some are very relevant based on their service. You understand? Because in life or even before Christ, that is it. Anybody who is relevant before Christ, the person is the most broken person before Christ. The person is the most broken. The person is the one that touches the soul. Why is it that David as a king was sin before God and he would go outside outside the palace, sit in the sun in public, put ashes on him and everybody will know, hey, David didn't know. He has gone to take another girl, we know. They knew that the most big, every sin of David was about women. They knew. And yet God said, this man, this David is a man after my heart. That even his own mistakes, God said, I will not let you pay for it. Your children will pay. He, he, he didn't even want to touch David to, to punish him. Yet this guy killed somebody's husband. Why? He was relevant before God. A man whom God will say, kill, and he will kill. <laughs> How many of us are like that? That God will say, do this, and you do it. How many of us are like that? How many of us are like that? You tell somebody to come and do something small even in the church. Oh, a church that is not five, five million people. They start giving you excuses. Can you imagine? But God will tell David, handle this thing for me and he will handle it. <laughs> that God was able to give a whole Saul's life into the hands of David. Kill him. And yes, David said, I will not kill him. He's anointed. God had rejected Saul, but David said he's anointed. Yeah. The servant whom Saul asked to kill, because they were in a battle and Saul knew he had lost. He knew his life was over. He asked someone, one of the servants passing, and said, look, kill me. Because I'm slain, I'm dying, and I'm in pain. Kill me, help me. And the guy just pierced the sword through him. And he died. Took the crown of Saul. And as he was going to David's camp, he thought today is my day of promotion. 
took the crown to David and said, this is what happened. So Saul asked me to help him die and I, I did it. And I brought you the crown. David said, how dare you lay a hand on God's anointed? David issued a command for them to kill the guy. But somebody who stands somewhere and says, oh, he's a family house, house, house destroyer, house breaker, wife snatcher. That's how people are. That's how people are. And we have such people in the church. If our minds are not the same, how do we fulfill the high mandate of God? How? How? Can I tell you the truth? Righteousness is one of the ministries. Eh? It's one of the ministries that is, it will be very difficult for, for people to join. How can you look for members and be preaching like this? Who will join? Just, it takes, like Jesus said, I have chosen you, you didn't choose me. It takes people God himself to choose. Because you are, look, I should be prophesying and displaying things by now. Telling you your underwear color and all that. <laughs> you don't know what people are doing, eh? You don't know what people are doing. You don't know what people are doing. Tell you the last time you shaved your armpit. Give you the date and the time. Three weeks ago, 4 a.m., you stood in the bathroom shaving your legs. The time you were shaving your legs, I, I'm seeing another thing. <laughs> Let me ask you. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you want to be? We are closing. Can you read 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10? I'm going to just be giving the scriptures to read them. Uh, because 1 Corinthians 1 10. First Corinthians 1.10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. that ye all speak the same thing, and that there will be no division among, divisions among you. We should what? Speak the same thing. So that there will be what? No divisions. That is the purpose. Please end it. That's the purpose. But that ye be perfectly joined together perfectly in the same mind together. and in the same judgment. In the same Amen. mind and in all decisions. Perfectly joined together. That's what he's saying. That is what he's saying. Are you not surprised? Speak the same thing. Is it possible for a whole church a whole people in the church to speak the same thing. It is possible. Whatever you set your mind on is possible. It is possible. Or you don't think it's possible. That is what we call spiritual gathering. The, the, like Paul calls it, the assembling of the saints. Coming together of the saints. Because we are all saints. We the believers. We are not just Ashantis and uh, 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 um, Hispanics and Jamaicans coming together to try to do something. We are saints before God. We are brethren. One. So we should be joined together. Yeah. 
One secret why God is not, people are not able to hear God's voice is because their spirit, their soul, and the body are not in alignment. Yeah. Once the proportion, the balance is bad, you can never hear God. God is speaking, but your body is, has taken over your spirit. And then your soul is trying to do something you don't know. How, it means you are not settled. How can you, how can you hear? Growth begins in this direction. From what we've shared from day, day one, from part one to part two, if you would analyze it and make it be wild, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Hallelujah. Mars Moreau said something. He said, when God shows you the vision, he has shown you the destiny. But the process between the day he showed you the vision, what he wants it to be, the process from that time to you achieve it is called the plan, and he will never show you. Because if God shows you the plan, you will quit. And it's true. It's only Jesus that was able to tell the disciples the real thing. He said, because of me, they will persecute you, they will beat you, they will arrest you. But if you endure to the end, you shall be saved. Apart from that one, he told the disciples and all that. That's the end of telling people plans anymore. You know how many people have just quit by realizing that this thing I have to go into it is a problem. It will, it will take my blood to accomplish it. To take my blood. Some years ago, we used to see heading a church as fancy. That was when we were babies. Now you realize that there's, there's nothing to do with fancy, whatever. The day it becomes fancy, you have missed the way. Spirituality and the burden of God. Paul says, curse is hanging on me if I don't preach. How can it be fancy? If you know that ministering in worship with praise eh, is a necessity on you, that Charlie, this thing I'm leading and I'm doing, it's not just me singing all. It is a recorded thing in heaven. When you see the microphone, you start thinking twice. Because you realize that, look, I was watching a video where they were having a, 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 an outreach. So that somebody was, the person was busy, seriously leading praises, leading the praises, and the backers were not serious. Some were laughing. Some were, they don't know what they are doing. If they ever saw one angel recording them, they would be afraid to touch microphone. If they ever saw the angel that was recording. Hmm. It's sad. When people play or trivialize the things of the father's heart. It's sad. Because they've not discovered themselves. They think these are the things that we just have to do. This is what we have. And that is because they, that, that's how they've been told. That's what we have to do. Just do it and go. That's how they've been told. But they do, they've not realized, the, they've not come to the reality of it that this thing I'm doing is not just something I must do and go. It is something that is recorded, something that will be there. Like somebody will say, 
what, what comes on the internet stays forever. This is something that will be in archives and records about you. If they realize that the backing and the singing they are doing, somebody's healing depends on it. Some God's glory depends on it. But because there's no unity of the mind, because there's no growth. If you have been a Christian for 20 years, doesn't mean you've grown. Some people are physically, some people have given birth, they are fathers, their children call them daddy, but they are not fathers, they are not grown. They are, they are old boys. That's how they have some sperm to release. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Second hmm. Corinthians 8, 16 to 19. Second Corinthians eight sixteen to nineteen, but thanks be to God, mm-hmm. which put the same earnest care in the heart of Titus for you, for indeed he accepted the exhortation, but being more forward of his own accord he went unto you, and we have sent sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. Of his own accord, he now said, "Look, I will go." It is, it is just beautiful. It is of his own accord. He, he realized that, look, that's, that's the meaning of unity. You understand? You automatically begin to realize the things you can do. Of his, it is by his own choice. No, sir, I don't have a problem. Anytime it's like you have to be forced to do something for God or something in the church, check your growth and check the unity in your spirit. It's a problem. And anytime, look, if you don't feel anything in you, ah, this thing was just coming to me. Can we do this? Can we, if these things don't come to you, we, we, it determines your love level for even God. Because Jesus said, as you, you, you are not, as you are doing to people, you are doing to me. Do you understand? I don't know if you catch what I'm trying to say. You should be having inspirations about what, what should be done. That's what he's talking about. The guy in his own accord. We should have inspirations of our own. Look, someone came here recently. We had a meeting. The person came here and said, ah, this place is nice. Something me I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed about. That we can do better. Like The person, ah, this place is nice. More reason why you saw the person here on Sunday. Oh, this place is nice. Is it really nice? Not according to my vision. No, it's not about money. No, no. When I say it's not about money, it's about these things are not. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> you should have inspirations like. Oh, why don't we add this? I've waited since we started Righteous Nation. Nobody has brought flowers. See, I've got you. Be 
Because that's what you're seeing. You think every flower must stand. What about the hanging ones? Ah, no, 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 don't go and bring it. Because it, it has been said. No, 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 no. I'm giving you an example. I'm not saying that's what we should do. I'm, no, I'm giving you an example. There, there should be, his, in his, on his own accord, just finish reading it. <laughs> I, he ended on 19. Nine, act 19 to it. Verse 19, and not, and not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with, the, with this grace, yeah. which is administered by us to the glory of the same God and the declaration of your ready mind. See. Amen. Amen. Thank you. See, when I think you look, you read Luke 8 or something, Jesus had 12 disciples, right? But some people chose not just to be part of the 12 and then the other 70 who later even ran away. Eh? Can you read Luke 18? I'm trying to end things, but today, I don't know why things are coming up. As, as, like today, dear, your faith is pulling things off. Or it's not your faith. It's God himself trying to have mercy. Or which one is it? I'm trying to... Luke 8, are you there? Is it Luke 8? Yeah. Can you use um, TPT? I'm sure it's Luke 8. Luke chapter 8. Yeah. Soon afterward, Jesus began a ministry toward throughout the country, visiting cities and villages to announce the wonderful news so of that's God's what he was kingdom. Doing. Beautiful. His 12 disciples traveled with him. So, 12 disciples traveled with him because they are disciples. And remember, the disciples themselves, they've gone through things. Jesus said, if you don't hate your family and hate your own self, you can't even be my disciple. So already, they are on that high consecration <laughs> or high pressure. Apart from them, watch this. Go on. So his 12 disciples traveled with him as did a number of women who had been healed of many illnesses and set free oh from God. demonic power. Apart from the 12, a number of women who have also encountered the goodness of God in the life of Jesus said we also come. Go on. One of the women was Mary who was from the village of Magdala. Mary Magdalene. Yeah. From whom Jesus has cast I, 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 out I, I, I don't know demons. why people are named Mary Magdalene. Because he comes from Magdalene. Okay. It's a town. And then they are, they are, they've made Mary Magdalene people's names. Oh. Read Mary who what? One of the women was Mary who was from the village of Magdala. From whom? Magdalene is a village in Now you call people Magdalene. It means a village. You are a villager or something. Go on. <laughs> from whom Jesus has has had cast out seven demons. Seven demons. Among the women was Susanna. Susanna. And Joanna, and the Joanna. wife of Susa. Susa uh -huh. who, who managed Ken Herod's household. Susanna, is this, um, Joanna's husband was a financial secretary in Herod's house, Herod's palace. So he, he, she was a, a wife of a very prominent man. Yet he left, she left her husband Travel with Jesus. Go on. 
Many other women who supported Jesus' ministry from their own personal finances also traveled with him. From their own finances. Because Jesus forced them. Their own personal finances. So not just were they supporting money-wise, they also traveled with him. Money and time, they gave a lot. This is what we call unity and growth. Are you, are you catching it? And the money they were giving Jesus is not because he was buying Ferrari or buying Lamborghini. It was feeding the, the, the team. Feeding the team. And the money, their own financial secretary was what? Judas Iscariot. And he was chopping some. Jesus, the Bible said Jesus knew that Judas was a thief. Yet he kept allowing him to keep the money. Many people were sponsoring the team. So sometimes it gets to a time the money was not enough. Jesus even asked, we don't have, how can we feed these 5,000 people? Because they barely even get some for themselves. This is an example of people who've discovered who they are and the unity of the team of Jesus. You know, I never preached or asked for tithes, right? But the day, let me tell you this. When we started Righteous Nation, I was working and the Lord whispered in my ear, in my right ear, and he said, I'm going to take care of the bills. I never thought of preaching about tithes or money or anything. I believe it is something that should be done as the spirit leads. It is part of growth and love and unity and commitment. I don't see why I should preach about money. I was this, and God loves a cheerful giver, not a thought giver. I, I don't have to. It should come as unity. And when I said this in the time, I said, wow. As God said. Of course. There are days that I also have to add a lot. <laughs> but anyone who gave showed an oath. It's like the Holy Spirit ministered to you and you did it without being taught or being told on the pulpit. So if we're looking for the voice of God, that which touched you to do this thing that you are doing, that same process, that same thing, that type, that is how God started communicating with you. If you go deep in him, if you allow him, that communication will become bigger. Now, it will not just be oh, something that just touched me. It will become the voice you hear. That's how it starts. It's a point of readiness to grow. And it's not everybody that can just do this. How many churches that are starting and don't bother people for money? Don't we need money to do things? I told you, we, God told us to move. Since how many last year or something? We haven't moved. <laughs> I don't believe in milking anybody to achieve God's purpose. That is not what he said in his word. That's not what he said in his word. 
And when he said we should move, he didn't give date. He said move. So when the time is right, it will happen. I wish it would happen though. You understand? Because there's a reason why he said that. But it takes traveling like you are talking and pre praying. <laughs> it is not easy. It is not easy. I'm telling you. It came to a time I realized that hey, this is Satan and pressure together. <laughs> I'm like, can't this thing be closed and let people be free? <laughs> because number one, you as the pastor, you don't want to be financially, you don't want to be a burden on people financially. You get it. And you are the one who saw the vision. You are the one who heard the call. You don't also want to burden people with a lot of expenses. So you can't sleep right. You get it. And if you don't take care, most of your, my, your prayer will change towards money issues and the few people even God has given you, you might not even pray for them. You might only be praying for financial provisions. And I've tried so hard not to let that, that canopy take over me. Yeah, so if, if you ask God, he will tell you. I don't do much of money prayers. I just pray for you before I go. I pray, I say, oh God, block them with your presence. You should, you should hear me pray for you. You will love me. <laughs> you should hear me pray for you. Ha, it's sweet, Papa. Oh, yes. We are almost done. Philippians 2.2. 2. Let's do this one quickly and close. Philippians 2.2. 2. Philippians 2.2. 2. Oh, yes. So I'm asking you, uh -huh. my friends, yeah. that you be joined together in perfect unity. Yeah. With one heart, one passion, and united in one love. With one what? With one heart. One heart. One passion. One passion. And, and united in one love. And united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will be filled and you will fill my heart with unbounded we should, joy. We should walk with one harmonized purpose. This unity thing is real. It's possible. The same Philippians chapter 3 verse 1. Same Philippians 3 verse 1. Philippians 3 verse 1. Yes. My beloved ones, mm -hmm. don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. I don't mind repeating what I've already written you before it protects you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. W which version was that? Ah, okay. King James. Some of them, it's only King James that helps. Like, you see, the Philippians 2.2, the, the TPT was very good for that. Uh, Philippians 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, mm -hmm. but for you it is safe. It is Amen. safe. He says rejoice in the Lord. If we are not one-minded, we can't rejoice in the Lord. We can't. We cannot. Hey, Philippians 4, 4, 2. Almost done. Philippians 4 2. Philippians 4 2. I yeah. beseech you, Judas, mm -hmm. and beseech 
sin touch. Mm -hmm. That they be of the same mind in the Lord. Same in mind. These people are not doing well. You say, they should be of the same mind in the Lord. They should stop what they are doing. First Peter 4.12. First Peter 4.12. First Peter four twelve. Yeah. Beloved, think it it is it not think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, yeah. as though some strange things happen unto you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Hallelujah. Something happened. You know, Lighthouse Bishop died his main assistant, Bishop E.A. Tisaki. He was not the first uh, assistant pastor when they started the church. The assistant pastor, he sucked him with another girl because they were destroying the church. And when I saw, I saw, I saw the letter he wrote to Bishop Dag because he did a photocopy and put it in one of his books. So I, I, it was there. He was admiring Bishop Dag for taking up the work of God, and trying to win souls. And he says, he loves that about him. He actually proposed to be his assistant. How my heart melt. Then I looked up and said, God, nobody has written a letter to me. I don't have an assistant pastor. Somebody will say, oh, but our number doesn't require, it requires for you. Somebody to pray with, to discuss things with. Yeah. I'm looking for assistant pastor. Don't you think it will be nice? It will be nice. Oh, it's not my salary. <laughs> it's not my salary. We are, nobody is taking salary now. Hallelujah. Any questions? We are closing. Do you understand the message? Oh, yeah. Unity is beautiful. If we want to discover ourselves, one of the easiest ways is through such association. You easily, if only you are serious, you, you start becoming a lot of things for God. Let's have communion. Thank you, Jesus. Do you remember this song? I just like it. Jehovah Shaman, I see you everywhere. Blessed Redeemer, your glory fills the earth. Everlasting Father, the one who watches me. Thank you. I put my confidence alone in Jehovah Shammah. You don't know how to sing it. <laughs> Father, we declare that you are indeed good and mighty. We give you praise. For your presence you have gifted us with. And thank you for loving us. We dedicate and bless this communion. 
And we declare it is indeed the blood and the body of Christ. And as we are partaking of it today, we are growing, we are advancing, and we are protected in the name of Jesus. We will have healings as a result of this communion. And we shall have testimonies of your greatness and goodness. Even as we take this. And I pray that you bless your people with a blessing. That they can testify and say this one is of the Lord. And we know you are able to do it more than we have asked. And therefore we confess and say it is done and settled. In Jesus name. Let's take the communion. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise. You are walking out of here, not just ordinary, but people that the Lord has blessed and touched with his own self in the name of Jesus. As you walk out of here, the heavens will agree with your prosperity and the earth will respond to your prosperity in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. God bless you. You are doing well on the Sundays too. It's not easy. The 7 a.m. is not easy at all, I tell you. I'm like, why will God choose 7 a.m.? He, he cho- like, for a long time, but I just wanted to make sure. Charlie, I realized that he kept saying it, so why not? Why not do it until it becomes what he wants it to become? I don't know. Sometimes you may not know the end result, but you just have to obey. And probably sometimes it's because. It's all part of the plan. All right. With our TPT, let's take Jude and let's close. Do very well to encourage anybody that you know that has been fellowshipping with us. Try to personally contact them and encourage them Touch them with the true love of the Lord, not pretending. True love. And whenever you're praying, pray that God will add the soul to us. And anytime, any chance you get, try to invite somebody. Let's try. It is part of our spirituality. He says, go into all the nations and make disciples. So it's very necessary. If you believe in what you are hearing and you believe in this Jesus and you believe in this vision God has given us. You know I did a whole uh, flyer for the visions here. If you believe in it, why not invite someone to come and share with it. Nothing that you saw it as simple as that. I went through some strong presence. As you see, it's as simple as that. It took presence, it took reading, it took a lot of things. Because I realized that 
is not just a common thing to come up with a vision. You don't you don't forge a vision. If you are called, he gives you, you know. And then you begin to find other things from it. All right. Let's have our TPT in view. You ready? Why have I opened Romans? I'm done preaching. Romans, please leave me alone. <laughs> Romans is running to me, but book of Romans, hey, I'm done preaching for now. Maybe next week. <laughs> I ready. Let's go. Now to the one with enough power to prevent me from stumbling in the sin and bring me faultless before his glorious presence to stand before him with a static delight to the only God, our Savior, through our Lord Jesus Christ, be endless glory and majesty, great power and authority from before he created time, now and throughout all the ages of eternity. Amen. God bless you. See, I've done well with the time. Wow. <laughs> Glory to God.